The Dean Blundell Show podcast is brought to you by our friends at True Local, truelocal.ca. Now more than ever, you need food delivered. They deliver every meat imaginable to Canadians across this country. So go to truelocal.ca, T-R-U-L-O-C-A-L.ca, and order now. Chicken, beef, fish, pork, whatever. They've got bacon. Um, And they're almost right on time. And uh, in this time that we live in, you may need to make sure you can feed your family. So call truelocal.ca by getting online, T-R-U-L-O-C-A-L, truelocal.ca, connecting you to the source of meat, delivering it to your house. Uh, Use promo code DEAN20. You get $20 off your first order if you order a regular box and then eight free chicken breasts. And True Local is doing everything they can to make sure that they get you their food. So Make sure you call True Local by getting online today. Also, Ed at Ed's Fine Imports, edsfineimports.com. Again, he'll send you clothes. If you need to get out and buy some stuff and you can't, and you're locked in your house because of the big C, you need fresh underwear because you're running out and you were going to do that anyway, Ed's got the best in the world. It's called Gitch. It's its own branded underwear, and he will send you all the clothes you need. Just know your sizes. Go online. Shop online at edsfineimports.com and enter your email address. You get 15% off. Good deal. Let's start the podcast. You're listening to the Dean Blundell Show. Why buy local? When you shop with local businesses, you're spending your money on more than just the item you're buying. You're adding a building block to your neighborhood. It's a great feeling when we do good with the money we spend. Good things grow in Ontario. Hi, welcome to the Dean Blundell Show podcast. My name is Dean. As always, still in quarantine, TFN, which means till further notice. Uh, everybody is, so it doesn't feel so bad. We don't have to feel so lonely because everybody's like not moving, just in their house. They just don't want to come see you. Um, so it's real nice to have uh, a couple of phone calls a week and a couple of podcasts a week uh, joining us again for the hashtag support local podcast. Uh, my co-host, owner of Smokes Poutinery, the founder, uh, the man in plaid. Please welcome Mr. Ryan Smokin. Hey, buddy, how are you? Not bad, brother. How are you? Outstanding. Really happy you brought a great guest with you today, too. Um, Unbelievable. Top dog, baby. Top dog coming at us. He's the chairman of the Canadian Franchise Association. Is that is that true, John? Are you the chairman of the Franchise Association? I am the chair. It is a volunteer role, but uh, yeah, I've been the chair for two years. So, so Is it, is it as impressive if you volunteer as opposed to being asked to be the chair? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 yeah, that's a good question. I, I think probably a lot of volunteers probably say no to that role. I said yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love franchising. I love small business. It's, uh, it, I'm passionate about it. So for me, it, it made sense. And, and I mean, I'm, we'll, we'll get into it today, but there's never been a time that franchising and leadership in all of business is, is so important. So, so yeah, I'm happy to do it. How do you guys know each other, right? Way far back. So I've been a member of the CFA, the Canadian Franchise Association, since my very, very first location. I wasn't even a franchise yet, technically. I was one unit large. And I remember my first uh, CFA convention uh, in Tremblant at the time, of all places, and I was only one big. And, and then met a lot of people through the CFA and then uh, met John because of uh, obviously his uh, like deep role into the CFA since I've been a part of it and from his, uh, his past, uh, his past business. So I got to introduce him early in the game and he's just top dog. He's just on stage all the time. You got to respect this man, look up to him and get the help. But these guys have all been my mentors since I even started the biz. Wow. Well, it's, it, 
it's wild, Ryan. That was my second franchise conference. So I, I went my first one. I also joined the CFA when we didn't have a franchise. So I went there to learn franchising. And, and, and I think, you know, I remember meeting you at, at the Montreal convention. You were the, we were kind of the up and comers in franchising. You were, were both kind of younger, both building brands that had some special sort of sauce to it. And uh, I, I think I've always been, a fan of yours, Ryan's, because like you're you're like you're like a radical nonconformist. I'm a radical nonconformist as well, and I, I just I'm the but I would say I'm the button up version of a radical nonconformist. I'm a little shy in, inside, but uh, I think you know, Dean, both of us built brands in the multi hundreds of units and international. And I mean, Ryan, like you can probably count on two hands how many entrepreneurs have actually done that in this country so ryan's part of this special little um it's just they're very it's rarefied air so that's why that's why what he does is so special and unique so yeah, you, dean how when, come you how come you don't give me a nice intro like that dean come on i do that's, the nicest, that's the nicest one i've ever had it actually is it is and i and i and i'm i'm pissed off about it to be honest with you <laughs> I was, uh, I was sitting here yeah. thinking, oh, here we go. The stroke job starts before we even start the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's supposed to work the other way around. Yeah. yeah, we do. Uh, now, now, John, of the Canadian Franchise Association, you co-founded Nurse Next Door Home Care Services. Is that correct? So, yeah, I, uh, I co-founded uh, Nurse Next Door and built it. I, gosh, we're going back 19 years ago. And uh, started off um, in, in really the basement of our house and uh, my partner's house at the time. And we just saw a need to, to take care of the elderly in a radically different way than what was happening in the country. So we, we built that company and, and I, uh, I, so geez, 18, 19 years. Um, so it became, it's a global organization, one of the biggest franchise systems in the country. And I actually just sold. So in November I sold, uh, the company or sold my stake in it. And, uh, so now I'm just hanging out, helping, uh, helping entrepreneurs and small businesses get through this crisis. That's what a lot of people do, right? When they when they exit their day job or they build something, uh, move on to the next thing. But not a lot of people do it like where they go, yeah, I'll volunteer. I'll help. Especially young guys. So, you know, that, that have been able to build a product and build something like yourself. Uh, there aren't many John DeHarts out there that are, uh, you know, young enough to be able to say, okay, I've built this company. took me 18, 19 years. Uh, and now I want to help other people. And obviously a passion for it. I want to help other people that are, were in the same position I was because I, I, I have a bit of a blueprint or I might have something to offer other people. Well, you know, it's wild. Like, like so, I mean, it's pretty recent. And so when COVID-19 hit, we're going back in the beginning of March. Um, I just started getting calls every hour. I was on the phone with some entrepreneur, some business owner, some franchisor, helping them solve their problems, solve their crisis, who to lay off, how many to lay off, how do you pay for rent? How am I going to survive? I mean, you had all of these entrepreneurs and business owners on the cliff, on the precipice. And so I found myself, I bet for two weeks straight, I was on the phone nonstop all day into the evening, just helping these individuals out. And, and I mean, for me, I can't, I mean, I'm in the position I can, and I, I love it. And what I found, Ryan, you'll appreciate this. What I found it through that, that process, and I'm still doing it now is it, it was so fun for me to help other people with their problems. Like, you know, when you're a business owner, you, you're always having problems like building a business is all about solving the problems and 
And when they're your own, you're knee deep into it. And, and so I solved my own problems for 18 years and, and it's, it was so easy and fun to not be emotionally attached because I can just see right to the heart of it, get right to the root of what that person has to do. And, uh, and so for me, that's fun. Mm. Um, when, when you built Nurse Next Door, um, did you do it like, you know, Ryan shows up with one store and he's at the Canadian Franchise Association. I don't even know how they let you in, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I don't know either. You're supposed to have like more than one store. You're like, yeah, yeah I got, well, how many franchises do you have? Global domination with one store. <laughs> <laughs> I was screaming it from the beginning. You remember. I know, you were. I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> That's why I loved them from the start. Did you have to lie on the application? Say, I got like 10. No, you just say it like stores. it is. You're going in solo. You're ready to go. Yeah, well, it's just yeah. those who those who are looking to the future, right? Global domination. That's right. Um, but about what John was saying, like that, that must that that answers your previous question yeah. about the, what's more valuable. That uh, you know, being the chair, if you're volunteering, I think it's definitely the volunteering aspect of it as that chair, and now giving all that time and and being that uh, mentor to all those others out there. Because I I can't imagine how many people have been calling in and have been reaching out to the CFA. And that's why I was loving getting you on board, John, because I mean, like God, we, we've talked and I've known in the past, but it's like. 80,000, you know, small businesses like, representing and, and like, what were you telling me yesterday? Is like 1.9 million people involved in uh, franchising across Canada. Like, imagine if all those people were calling you. Thank God you're, yeah. you're holding well, it back to just a couple. It's, yeah, it's funny, Ryan. My, I, my new metric, I, I mean, being a business person, we, we love our metrics. So my own personal metric through this COVID crisis has been how many people can I help this week? And that's it. That's what I'm measuring yeah. and that's what I'm doing. And and we'll see how long that lasts. But for now, it's my role and what I can do. And, and I mean, like the small business owner is getting crushed right now. And, you know, I, I obviously I have a deep admiration for the healthcare workers. I'm from healthcare. Uh, my mom was a nurse growing up. So I always admired nurses and healthcare workers. I, I remember being in kindergarten. And this girl, Savea, said she wanted to marry me when we were sharing stories in the circle that you do in kindergarten. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to marry you because I'm going to marry a nurse. And uh, I, I, ne- I, never, I never did, but I started a nursing company. <laughs> and so, but, so I have a deep admiration, and, and my neighborhood is out every night clapping and cheering at 7 o'clock. But, man, are we ever like we're forgetting about the small business owner and they're getting crushed right now. And my, like my heart goes out to any and all of them because of, of what they're going through. So Ryan, like the 80,000 small businesses, the franchises out there across the country that we represent. But I mean, I mean, there are a million small businesses in Canada, like seven out of 10 jobs in this country are due to small business. And so, you know, all you need to know from that is, this is a really important sector. And, and that's why I think this whole buy local movement that you guys are doing I, first with this podcast, I didn't get it. Cause I know Dean, I'm from Vancouver, but you know, this is, you're a sports guy and the buy local didn't make sense. And now I get it. Like, this is so critical what you guys are doing. And, and so I, I, I'm thank you for that. I think it's, it's awesome. There's my stroke job, Ryan. You got one. I got one. 
There you that's go. That's, your, that's, 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 you, that's you giving back, Dean. That's you giving back to society right there. Yeah. Well, you know what? It, it amazed me because I've been taken aback by a couple of things, and, and we've since started doing, you know, really good altruistic business with a bunch of people, including, you know, Ryan and uh, the guys at Nobis, you know, and I know it's not a small business, but uh, Nobis Outerwear, which is, and I was telling Ryan mm-hmm. in the last podcast, um, <clears throat> where they took an initiative and took it upon themselves to donate 100% of their online proceeds, 100% of their online profit, everything, um, wow. to relief workers. So that was a three-week initiative. I think there's about a week left. Things like that have blown my mind. Ryan did the same thing when he started uh, getting on, on Twitter and getting on LinkedIn and recording himself, going to hashtag support local everybody and and not just himself he wasn't just banging away at all the great poutine he has to offer and how you can get it from uh skip the dishes or uber and they're still open and you can come in and buy none of that stuff it was you know today was pizza nova the other day it was baskin robbins where he ended up leaving with ice for some reason um and then uh you know the samosa (laughs) hut or mcdonald's or starbucks or tim hortons because what i didn't realize and i think what a lot of people don't realize when it comes to where we're at, um, not just with the economy, but this is about, and Ryan made it painfully clear, you know, you talk about 80,000 small businesses or a million small businesses, how many of those people have families that they feed from that one job? So how many people are truly affected? It's in the millions. It's in the millions and millions of people because... Um, uh, to no fault of their own because of this 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 thing yeah. that we're going through. And so you kind of have to look at it from two different perspectives. Ryan and I talked about it a little bit this morning. But, you know, the ability to change and what that looks like and whether to feel positive about that change and embracing that change or whether to, to throw your hands in the air, you know, put the keys on the on the countertop and say, see you later. It's uh, it's not worth it. Is yeah. is this is this a unique opportunity for people, or is it the downer that everybody's talking about? Well, I, I think it's both, and I, and I think you know we're, we're just going through the thick of it right now. Like, like let's look at, I mean, I, let's look at yeah, the it's only been five weeks, in Canada. Right? It's only been five so, weeks. Yeah, and it's only been five weeks. We don't know what's coming. We don't know what's happening. If you look at the average small business owner, here's a person they put their life savings into starting a business, usually taking on a lot of debt to do it. They work on average far more than 40 hours a week. I think the average is 50, so they're really hard workers. That's all they do is work in their small business. They make less than the average Canadian. And this is what a lot of people don't realize. They make less than the average Canadian makes, even though they debt, they put their life savings into this thing. So if you put this in perspective, your life savings are into the business. You've worked your ass off for years to make it work. You make less than the average Canadian in a job makes. Um, and now your business is closed, you have no revenue, or your revenue is 10% of what it was. You're paying rent. Hopefully, you've had some deferred, but you're paying a lot of people are still paying rent. You're paying employees. Thank goodness for the government stepping in. So now at least you're only paying 25% of their wages now. Oh, and you have a mortgage to pay on your house, and you have kids to feed, all of that stuff that you just said, Dean, just like everyone else. So, that's the picture that's happening right now. And that's why we just, these small businesses in, in across the country, like we, I don't know what's going to happen to them. Some, there will be silver linings. I'm seeing some who are highly entrepreneurial changing their business models overnight, but most aren't going to, they're going to wake up when businesses reopen. Like they're not sitting on hordes of cash. They might be able to get through a month or two, but now they're deeper in debt. Um, the reality, I think a lot of businesses are sunk. 
I think you're not going to see a lot reopen. And the ones that do reopen, my guess is, and this is just my feeling, is that some will reopen, of course. Many will go out of business in the six months after because they're going to be so piled in on debt. They're going to be building their businesses from scratch again. They are going to put their keys on the table and give up. And and so that's that's why... It's so key to just go out and buy stuff from your local businesses and, and, and go to the restaurants. Go, I ordered, I'm moving my house right now. And my wife ordered some furniture from the local business up the street, like two blocks away from my house. The owner got on the phone and you could hear it in his voice how grateful and happy he was that we ordered. I think we spent $400 at his place. It was unbelievable how happy that man was because we did it. So that's what we have to be doing across the country is just going out and buying stuff from these local businesses. And, and, you know, Ryan and I are franchisors. Um, We represent franchisees. And I think it's important to understand that franchisees are local businesses like that Tim Hortons owner. They're a local business owner. They're that local person in your community supporting that hockey team. Like these guys are all local business owners, and I think that's what. So, so we have to realize that and support those franchises as well. So, anyways, that's 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 the reality of the situation that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. John DeHart is our guest. Um, he's the chair of the Canadian Franchise Association, uh, and we're doing the hashtag Support Local Podcast. Ryan Smolkin, uh, founder of Smokes Poutinery, joins us as well. Um, give me some numbers if you can, because I know when we first started talking about this, Ryan was uh, was like, man, we're going to lose like $2 billion in the first week. We're going to lose uh, 10% of restaurants in the first... But what are, where are the numbers at now? Because it seems like everybody's COVID tracking, but I haven't heard much in the way of here's where we're at now and in in the next six to eight months here's where we'll be i think that that's the that's the scary reality for people to face because there is work to do and you can mitigate those those issues but where are we at now with numbers and how detrimental this has been to small business in canada yeah it's i mean the numbers there are limited numbers i'm seeing out there but i i i've i've heard maybe ryan you could you, you may know this better. I've heard 10% of restaurants have already shut their doors permanently. Um, so I've heard that number is already. I have no doubt that number is going to increase. I'm hearing, you know, from our counterpart in the United States, the, the IFA. So we're the CFA, the Canadian Franchise Association, the IFA in the U.S. Um, they're, they're predicting 30 to 40% of their franchise brands going bankrupt. Um, so, so that's a massive number. Uh, I heard that in the, by the beginning of May, in the absence of additional government support, 70% of small businesses will default on their commercial rents. So, you know, that's the stark reality. So I, I don't know what those numbers are, Dean. It's just, but it's going to be catastrophic uh, from a small business perspective, for sure. Yeah, already has yeah, been. Yeah, right? it's ridiculous. I, yeah, I even had some latest ones as well, like the for the final two weeks just in March, obviously they're, they're doing surveys and and 96% of the respondents reported lower than same store last year. But even, even with those, they're talking like 72% 
where it was the drop. Like you're talking, it's not just, now you're down in sales 10%, 20%, 30%. No, they were down 72% on average. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, they're talking over 50% now that that'll be uh, packing it in because uh, they're saying 30% by the end of, of this month. But like uh, John was saying, well, what happens six months from now? That's where it's really going to take the impact. That's where it's like the reality check starts to kick in at at this point. We've had five weeks, only five weeks, like you just said. This has only been five weeks, and we've been scrambling like crazy just trying to survive and making sure that we're just keeping the lights on. So now it's starting to settle a little bit for us. Now you're starting to think, oh, my God, what about the next five months, five years, what, what's going to happen? Because it, it, it isn't. It's going to be debt after debt after major debt, and the volume and demand is going to be way down. Come back to that time whenever it surfaces, like whether it's two, three, six months from now, sales are going to be way down too. And I totally agree. You're going to have another huge fallout, and uh, it's going to be tough to get there. And and this isn't yeah. just me whining and complaining either. It's like you said before, we've talked about before. It's like just change. You just have to be ready for the change. And you have to be, just have that plan in place. And I think now we're at that stage as uh, business owners that we can take a look out there. And like um, we have the CFA as franchisors to look to for some guidance. Ourselves as the franchisors are, are supposed yeah. to be that guidance for all of our franchisees and helping them sustain their business and stay open. But, you know, where is that going to be? You, you don't know. All you know is it's definitely going to be change and you just got to be ready to embrace it and ready to to turn that direction. And and the the, the key word being pivot that everybody's using right now, it's yeah. true. You got to be ready just to pivot on a dime and ready to move in a different direction and fast. But that's a la carte, right? Yeah. Like you're talking about, um, you know, smokes poutinery or you're talking about bow rings. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're talking about very different industries that have to pivot. So, John, that would be a question for you. Um, yeah. As as we need to start having some success stories soon, um, w- what are these guys facing in regards to pivoting? What are they? What what are people who own franchises or own small businesses, uh, which make up the majority of our economy here in Canada? Like you, you're going to have to do that on an individual basis if you're going to talk to people about what it is that their needs are. You need to know what the business is first. So, um, how do you do that? Like, how do you come up with if someone came up to you and said, uh, "John DeHart, listen, you're the uh, head of the CFA. Fix my business. What do they do? What do you tell?" fix it now just call me I, I, but um no i i uh so i've been doing webinars we've been doing webinars at the tfa three or four weeks are those fun quite a, are those fun oh, webinars awesome. really because love, i've been invited to like 10 different webinars this last month and i'm like uh, i don't know it sounds weird it's like a virtual conference you know what i mean and yeah, i you, you know what's wild is that so i don't know i think at the cfa we have 700 members so we represent 700 franchisors across the country and i mean honestly we have three or four a week and we're getting two three hundred four hundred people attend each webinar so so they're they're wildly popular and it's just they're they're timely like so so yesterday uh we did a, a webinar i hosted it on transformation and and you know how to how to innovate during this time because we all know when this is the silver lining that will come out of this whole crisis is there's always opportunity in crisis and in, that's where innovation really happens. And I started off the, uh, the, the web webinar um, with a quote. I heard, you know, this question, who is responsible for your company's transformation? A, your CTO, B, your CEO or C, COVID-19. 
And of course, the answer is COVID-19. And, and so, you know, when entrepreneurs have their backs against the wall, when the crap really hits the fan, that's where the real thinking happens. And it's, it's a matter of survival. So it was a cool webinar to do. Because, like I left so inspired after doing it because you heard about these franchisors. So these are small businesses. These the three franchisors I had on all had between five and maybe 20 franchisees. So they would be actually classified as small businesses themselves. And these guys were innovating overnight in their businesses, spending 50 bucks, spending 800 bucks to completely change their business, drive revenue to their franchisees. And it, it's just, ah, it's, a, it's amazing when you start to see those stories and hear those stories and realize that, this is when the best business owners, this is when the best entrepreneurs, you know, they're forced to innovate and forced to figure stuff out. So you're going to see a lot of innovation happen over the next six months. And I mean, I think business has changed probably forever through this. And, and you're definitely going it, to, it, it's the silver lining if there's a silver lining here. Yeah, but where did, okay, so, and I know that, I know that there are individual solutions uh, for individual businesses and franchises and people. But a guy like Ryan, like where where would you start? Like, what do you say? Do you go because, uh, again, not to keep saying this, but, you know, is it a we talked about this this morning. Is it, um, you know, do you downsize the size of your actual operations? Do you uh, move to a different mm-hmm. model? Do you diversify and sell something else like, you know, it, it, there's yeah. no there's no plan. These are all, you know kind of and I wouldn't say pie in the sky dreams when it comes to pivoting or when it comes to reinventing your business but you know you really have to be able to zero in on what those things are that you need to do right now yeah so so first and foremost you got to make sure you're going to survive so you know my my advice and this is my my personal advice when I get on the phone as an entrepreneur you got to cut hard and deep like you you know I, I know your employees are important to you um they, if, if your business doesn't survive, they won't, won't have a job to come back to. So you, you got to put your, the company first in this situation. And you have to make sure that you can button down the hatch for the next six to nine months. You have enough cash. You cut all of the costs you possibly can. So that's always the number one thing. What a shitty From thing, there, to, have, what a shitty thing it, to say, it, too, right? Totally. And it, it's you, you have to be a bit hardcore. Otherwise right? Like you, your business will be over if you're not. So that's yeah, something that you, you just have to know. And I know, Ryan, you went through, you had to do that. You had to make those tough decisions. And I mean, as a business owner, we, we glamorize entrepreneurship so much in the media and it shouldn't be because, you know, as business owners, it's the hardest thing you're ever going to do. I mean, I have no doubt, Ryan, as successful as you are, there were many nights when you woke up in the middle of the night, dry heaving off the side of your bed because you didn't know how you were going to pay your employees the next day. That's just part of the, the burden you take on as a business owner. Um, but from there, right, like the examples I was listening to yesterday, it's really looking at your customer and understanding and knowing what they want, who they are, and how we could, could kind of pivot to make sure we're adding something to the customer that they want. So a couple, I don't know. You want a couple of examples that came out of yesterday? Yeah. Is that helpful? Please. Yeah. 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 So, okay. There's, there's this little, I'm a small uh, business uh, owner too. So I'm listening to this like, and I'm taking notes like uh, I'm cheating. Yeah, no, so, <laughs> <the notepad> and, <laughs> yeah. It's like a personal so I, webinar. Thank you. 
I have these three, three, three uh, franchisors on the line. Again, all small business owners. So third degree fitness out of the Maritimes. I think they have six franchises. Um, March 5th, every one of their, their gyms closed. And the gym business is probably the hardest business to be in because it isn't opening anytime soon. Um, overnight, uh, the, the guy, Steve, the owner, bought a light for his iPhone and then started doing eight virtual classes a day the next day on Facebook. So he spent 50 bucks and he's actually adding customers to his business. They're paying a hundred bucks a month to come watch him and his group do virtual classes live on Facebook. So he's actually figured out how to replace almost hundred percent of his revenue in one day. So that would be an example. Um, there's there's a, 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 a painting business called Everline. They paint the lines on roads and fields and stuff. They have 11 franchises across Canada. Um, overnight, no business. I mean, you're not being hired to paint lines on roads. So the uh, John, the founder, started watching the news and he saw that, hey, um, sanitizing is becoming a really important part of this COVID crisis. So he took a week, rejigged his machines that paint these lines on the street to spray sanitizer called up all of his old customers to say, hey, um, wouldn't it be a smart idea if we sprayed down the bus, places where people wait for the bus in all the public areas? And all of his clients hired him back to do it. So he changed his business in a week, spent 800 bucks to do it. I think that business will be bigger than his original business. Um, yeah, there's a kid, there, there's a young kid who uh, five years ago, maybe six years ago, on our Zor to Zor program at CFA, where it's franchisors being there to be a mentor of the younger uh, franchisors, I was I was with John. I still talk to him all the time, and when and yeah. all of a sudden, I'm not his mentor anymore. He's mine, man. <laughs> Look at yeah. that kid did. That's that's an it's unbelievable awesome. uh, pivot right there, right? Like, that uh, is awesome. I'm so proud of the totally. kid. Totally. Right? And then like driver's seat was the other one, and they're like a chauffeur and shuttle franchise. I think they're based in Waterloo. They probably have 15 to 20 franchisees in Canada. Um, their business shut down overnight, obviously. And um, and then, you know, one of their franchisees had this idea, well, why don't we help our clients get groceries from the grocery store and deliver them to their doors? And again, overnight, their business, they spent literally $0 to come up with that idea. They just looked at what do our customers need at this time? And I mean, it's a, it's all of their business right now. Their franchisees are busy. They're, they're, I don't know if they're making money, but they're actually bringing in revenue. And again, that will be a part of their service ongoing. So those are just examples. You're seeing that all across Canada over and over and over. But again, it comes back to when we're in this crisis and crisis does breed opportunity, but you have to be in the position to capture it. You have to have your business fortified. You got to make sure you're going to survive. Um, and, and you got to do everything you have to do to survive. So. Fascinating. You know what we did for that, Dean? I know what we did. Sanitized Obviously, your potatoes. Close, close. <laughs> but yet, yesterday was the infamous 420, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. So, and and so, people, so people had the munchies. So we threw in a free bag of chips with every order. 
<laughs> for the munchies. Right. For the munchies. <laughs> no, we, had, we had a lot of thank yous for that. <laughs> no rolling papers, no... Uh... No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Just chips, just chips. Yeah, just chips. Um, yeah, well, that's good. I mean, you know, you're doing something for the community, and there's lots of communities out there uh, that, that need the exposure. John DeHart, uh, the chair of the Canadian Franchise Association, Ryan Smoking, uh, joins us as well, owner of uh, Smokes Poutinery. It is the hashtag support local business, and uh, we're talking about how people can get a leg up, how they can pivot, how they can try to do something differently, how they can, um, you know, get to where they need to be in this time. And I find it interesting because I saw this ad on LinkedIn the other day, and at first I was turned off by it. But then I thought, well, you know what, it kind of makes sense. It's how to use COVID-19 in your marketing, number one, and then how to use COVID-19 um, as a means to an end, uh, which is kind of what we're talking about. But, you know, as, as, as raw as that sounds and as, as, as selfish as, as that sounds, to me, those are the examples of people who have used that as an opportunity to be able to pivot and, and continue their business. Because it, it's, it's about the world that we live in now, right? You know, until we get uh, a vaccine, uh, which is six to 18 months away, depending on who you ask and uh, what country they're from and if that guy's name is Trump or not. But, um, you know, we're six to 18 months away from vaccines. So we're not going back to normal anytime soon. Is that something you communicate to people that, listen, this isn't this isn't just a trend or a change that you need to make for the interim. This is something that might be a long term thing that you need to identify yeah. and you need to embrace. For sure. Yeah, I to, think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we are all caught off guard when this happened. And I think, you know, I think I think business owners tend to have you know, bury their head in the sand a little bit. And, and have, I mean, I, I don't know if m- most people wouldn't start a business if they weren't overly optimistic and a little bit delusional. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, the, the head gets in the sand. My message from the beginning was button down for the long haul. This is going to take a long time and it's going to take a lot longer than we think. And, and, and because we don't know, I mean, if you look, how at long do you think, right now, how long do you think? Uh, this take? So, well, here's the issue that's happening. So you have the medical community on one side that is all about mitigating risk as they should be. And so, you know, we're hearing things like I have some pretty, pretty good connections into at least the BC government um, and medical community. And they're saying I'm hearing things like, well, nothing's happening until the end of June. So nothing's opening. Nothing's happening until the end of June. Then we'll have some kind of small opening of of, we'll, we'll ease up on some of the measures but the reality is nothing is we're not going to see that much change until we have a vaccine. So you have that side of, of the community in the world and, and they're not wrong. They're right. Then you have the business side and the clash is coming where the business side is saying, Hey, I get it that we have to shut down. I get it that it's going to be a long time, but realize we, this is an economic disaster and great. You can tell us that we're going to shut down for a year and that's fine from a medical perspective, but that ain't going to cut it from the economic perspective. We could have as big of a crisis economically as we do medically. And you're having this whole undercurrent right now where, where th- this battle is blooming. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping there are very smart um, people at the table who can see both sides of the coin and come up with some logical, rational way to kind of meet in the middle. But I mean, I'm seeing it. I, I'm in Young Presidents Organization. It's a it's a group of business owners, bigger business owners, 
that are under 45 in this country, pretty powerful group all across the country. And the undercurrent that, uh, that that's happening is, is you can feel it, you can see it, it is going to come to a head. So, so we'll see what happens in Canada, but that, that's, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to open up a little sooner than the medical community wants to. That's how I feel. And, and you know what? And I, I, I don't disagree. And I think that now that we've been through a month of this, um, you know, as we've been talking about five weeks-ish, um, and we're getting ready to head into week six, and at the end of it, it'll be two months. You know, right now, you're seeing it percolate in the United States with these rallies, which are funny, by the way. They make me laugh. Um, yeah, but but part of it part of it is I can understand – like, I can understand that people want to go – and do what they want to do. I can understand the freedom aspect of it, but the business aspect of it, you know, the, the, the revenue aspect of it, the frustration that's growing from people that are saying, yeah, we don't have a problem with the medical community telling us what to do, but there will be nothing left if we don't go back to work soon. That is a huge conundrum right now. Huge. Yeah. Like that. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, this whole theme is buying local. So we're talking about that small business owner, I mean, they, these businesses live paycheck to paycheck. They have a good month of cash, maybe in their doors to survive, and they just got a good forty thousand dollars interest-free loan, thankfully from the government. But I mean, that they're yeah, they, they can't last that long. So, so it, it's all going to come to a head very soon if if things don't change. Hmm. Fascinating, isn't it? Um, and and yeah. it's not you know it's and it's not going to change anytime soon. It's like this. Uh, slow boiling uh frustration that a lot of different business owners have and i can say that personally too because we had a couple of things pending one of the things uh just kind of disappeared it was like you couldn't find the person that we were doing business with after because (laughs) they were trying to and and i don't blame them either that's the other thing is that there's an understanding out there and i've been amazed at the patience and um you know the ability to wrap our heads around it as canadians uh, yeah. is that we really haven't seen an uprising yet. We and, and I think this is now that we're all starting to kind of get get a grip of what's happening and what's going on. And, um, you know, yeah. it's only been five weeks, as, as we pointed out, but it's still, I mean, it's been five weeks. You know, there are companies that, you know, in five weeks will have one great week that'll keep them afloat for a month. You know, it, it is it is so difficult to navigate for any small business owner now because no one can read the future. You know, yeah, that's right. Future. And like John said, it's so true. It's it's literally like it is uh, month to month, week to week, whether you're going to be able to afford to, to pay it all. And you are staying up late at nights. And this isn't just me talking. This is every business owner, big and small and, and independent and franchise. Like no matter what it is, you're you're all looking at that that same uh, scary future, looking ahead of the unknown and that change. And if you're not if you're not ready to to follow take the lead and or follow in a direction you're going to be left behind because if you run like yeah it's tough it it is and and here's what i here's what i see happening um and i i try and advocate uh certainly from the cfa perspective i see a lot of small business owners and business owners i shouldn't just say small um waiting to see and hope that the government will bail them out and I, I, I think the government personally has done a really good job at what they've done so far. I think they need to do more. I'd like to see a number of things. But the message we have to be sending, and we're, I'm certainly sending to franchisors who have franchisees, is you can't wait for the government. It's not a strategy. You have to figure this out. You have to 
understand that this is on you. You need to do what you have to do. You have to cut, make the cuts in your business. You have to figure out the pivot to get those revenues going. You have to figure out a way to survive this. Don't wait for the government. Hopefully they'll help out more, but don't wait for it. So I, I think exactly. that has to be a message. Are you saying, for sure, if, I'm, if I'm to understand you correctly, John, you've been uh, educated at Cornell University, correct? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what, where do you have your degrees from? Like, uh, give me a look, because I have a question that I'm leading up to. Yeah, I just have an undergrad uh, degree from Cornell. Yeah. So, undergrad yeah. degree, for, I just have an undergrad degree. <laughs> <laughs> I just have an undergrad degree from Harvard, too. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the reason, I, so, so what you're saying is from working with small building business, uh, building a, a multi million dollar company from scratch, um, and, uh, you know, being the head of the uh, Canadian Franchise Association, hope is not a tactic. Is that what I'm to understand? Yeah, yeah, it's beautifully said. Hope, hope is not a strategy, and and I I do see a lot of small business owners hanging on to hope, and that the government will save them and bail them out. And I mean, it's just it's not a strategy. It's not going to happen. The, the government should do a couple more things, and I think they will. They've stepped up to the plate so far, but it's not a it's not a tactic or strategy to save your business. Hmm. Yeah, you could sit at home. You could sit at home and and whine and complain about it. Now you want more from it, but yeah, what's what is that going to do anybody? Right? You're you're a small business owner. You have that drive. You have that passion, that ambition to own your own gig and to get your own biz going. Then get out there and make it go. Build it again. Look at the alternatives. Look at what other options there are out there. How we have to change and adapt. Like. I totally agree. I mean, I love the government too for what they've been providing and there's some great programs and hopefully, you know, with the rent relief, uh, latest buzz, which is essential for all of us yeah, in, this, in this biz, it's coming. But, but, you know, but you'd be sitting, wait for it to come. And then it's like, yeah. okay, well, that wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be, or that's not going to get me through. It's you've just wasted. Like anybody up to this point, it's already wasted five weeks right yeah. of planning of adapting of changing and and that doesn't sound like a lot right five weeks that's not so bad i'm only five weeks behind this has been the longest five weeks i think in the history oh of god. business <laughs> oh my god can you believe it's only five weeks so yeah don't sit back and wait for the government or wait for others to come and bail you out man. you just gotta and go it, get it and that's what i try to drive to my franchisees and i've got some great yeah. ones out there working their asses off man like they're working their tails yeah. off and and then lots of people who are out there doing their own businesses doing the same independent or franchise it does not matter they're working their asses off and those are the ones that will survive and and at least have a chance to survive there's still there's still yeah. the door open to change the business uh, business and pivot like you were saying but at least they have a chance right yeah 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 you gotta have a chance and i mean it's bleak out there so it's hard you just said it these business owners they they're working around the clock right now but the stress in their lives um, because again, they have mortgages to pay and all of that stuff and they have their business expenses to pay. It's just, it's crazy. So I don't know. We, we need to be able to inspire that little bit of hope because y y you have to, I don't know, there's gotta be a little light, right? And, and it's gotta get you through this crisis so you can live another day. You know, and that's uh, what I'm loving at the uh, support local. I just, sorry, Dean, I just no, got no, one yesterday that I posted at uh, Harvey's. It was, it was one of my most fun ones, just going through the drive through at Harvey's. And uh, we posted it. Great response to it. And, and the thank yous and high fives come from Harvey's. Harvey's just a little bit bigger than I am, right? And you think of that again as some big chain. 
but it's yeah. Canadian and you got a bunch of individuals and independents that are running these things. And, and the dude who I went to the Harvey's, the, it was the owner of that franchise, that, that location that uh, tweeted me right back and was giving me the high fives and thank nice. you. And that, that's what gives you, that's what starts to bring the tears to the eyes, right? That you are reaching in and it's appreciated. And that's what we all got to do. Have you seen a time like this, uh, John DeHart? <laughs> well, it's funny. I it's funny you ask. We started Nurse Next Door the week of September 11th, uh, 2001. So three days after the September 11th happened, we started Nurse Next Door. So, so you know, I I that was the closest I I come to this. But I you know we ran that business through the 2008 recession, obviously 2001 this time. So I, I've had the I'm not going to say luxury, but I've had the insight to have run and built a business through three recessions now. Actually, not this one because I don't have the business anymore. Um, and it just takes head down. It takes a lot of resilience. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's what entrepreneurs and business owners have, have to have in spades is resilience because it's, it's building a business is not for the faint of heart. It's tough. Um, but if you have a resilience and you have a little bit of creativity, there's always opportunity. And I think that's, that's the key. Yeah, it is. And and getting out there and talking to people and listening, really listening to people that have been through this, you know, you don't, I I say this all the time, uh, to people that have, uh, addiction issues that I deal with. And in, in my, my statement is always the same, you know, you don't, you don't go up Everest without a Sherpa. It's, it's not a, this isn't a journey you take on your own. It's one you take. Uh, with people who have been to the top of the mountain, unlike yourself, who runs up and down mountains for fun, um, but uh, which is a true story, by the way. John DeHart uh, runs up and down mountains for a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything that's unless my... I'd rather do, but good for you. <laughs> that's my hobby. That's, that's how I uh, de-stress. I just pick a mountain, run up it, and the bigger the better. So, Have you done Grouse um, Mountain yet? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do that in my sleep. That's an easy mountain. So that's that's uh, I go I pick a spot somewhere in the world like the Andes Mountains or the Grand Canyon, and I just go run it. That's kind of my my gig. Oh, you're for real. I get, I get my my <laughs> ten hours out on the trail to my to myself and and get to go deep into my thinking, and it's just how I have fun. But uh, you know, you 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 made me think of something. I um. I, uh, the very first webinar we did at the CFA was three days into the crisis, and I opened with the line, panic is contagious, but so is leadership. Mm-hmm. And so it's time to rise up as leaders. And, and it, 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 I thought of that because we're really talking here about leadership, whether we're a franchisor like Ryan. I mean, there's a guy that, that realizes you know, his franchisees are in panic stage. So he has to lead, no matter how scared he is, he's got to lead through it. But even as our indivi- as individual business owners, small businesses, I mean, they all we're, we're at this point where we have to lead through this. We all have employees, and are, everybody's in a panic. So um, that's where leaders really come in, and and I, I think it's just a, a key thing. So how to, so the question is to each of us: How do we do that? Right? How do we find it in ourselves in this really stressful time to actually rise up as leaders and and kind of lead ourselves out of it? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's one thing, you know, and 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 I think uh, for anybody that and this is a bottom for a lot of a people, a lot of people, right? This is rock bottom for a ton of people, uh, to no fault of their own or through no fault of their own. Um, but one thing that 
<clears throat> is has sustained me and will sustain everybody uh, that's in a position where you know you have to build something. Um, you have to start at ground level. And that one thing is, is that you can only control what you can control. So control it, but control it by going out and doing the next right thing. Control it by making a phone call you don't want to make. And the one thing I will say this, it doesn't matter if it's business or if it's, or if it's yourself. Um, and, and this is uh, something that you're dealing with, but there's never been an easier time to let your ego go. Never. Everybody's in the same boat. No one has to keep up with anybody. Uh, this doesn't just go for business. This goes for, for people saying, hey, you know what, I need a government handout. Or, hey, uh, you know, I've worked my ass off and I got screwed over by this thing. And, in, in, you know, in two short weeks, it was all over. It's okay to admit that now. It's okay to say, yeah, there, there is failure there, but it's not my failure. And, and I think that the hard part for me is, is when you hear people say, no, no, I can't. You know what I mean? Is no, it's it's too hard, or I just don't have the ability to do it. Is it's all under your control. Your effort is one hundred percent up to you, not anybody else. And so, you know, and everybody goes through where you're like, I really don't feel like doing this next. This looks like it's going to yeah. be too hard. And and what am I up against if I make this phone call? yourself. That's the only thing that prevents you from doing that. And you know what? The amazing gift that happens when someone actually puts one foot in front of the other is that life gets better. Uh, business gets better. Your knowledge becomes more encompassing. You become, um, you know, a, a better version of yourself that's able to operate. And you know what? Over time, people build up a calluses and that calluses prevents you from being detached or attached to, um, you know, the end goal. The end goal for everybody in the situation today is just to do today. It's just to make the phone calls you have to make today. And those are the things that are in people's universe, whether it's business or whether it's life, that that every single person has control of. And you know what? To me, that's the exciting stuff. Sure, this has been awful. I mean, I, I had this conversation with one of our partners the other day. Um, he was explaining something to me about you know, the loss of business and where he's at. And, and I said to him, well, what do we do? You know, how do we, how can we help? How do we do this? How do we do it together? And I, and, and he was shocked by it because he thinks he, he thought he had to do it on his own. And, and it's encouraging to hear your conversation. It's encouraging to hear your words and your positivity, even though you're using words like bleak and it's tough and wow. Um, you know, even our conversations that I have with Ryan off air, they're the same ones that we have on the air because we're trying to give people the information so that they can feel good about going into the day and trying to make that difference for their business. Yeah. It's like everything that's out there. Yeah. Amen's right. Cause everybody, <laughs> everybody that's out there just uh, doing it and looking, switching that and turning it around to the upside and accepting that change and, and ready to move forward because there's lots of people who are doing it. They're doing all the own initiatives, right? Like, you know, the uh, just started there last week, the, the Canada Takeout Day, the hashtag Takeout Day. Like, that's awesome. I mean, go to CanadaTakeout.com. I mean, that's trying to push everybody in the concert, the Facebook concert that they put on behind that in, in no time, right? In record time. And the Foodies Unite with Cisco, what they're putting together. Like, these are, we're talking weeks that all these have come together, these programs, right? You know, one table. Like, it's, it's unbelievable the people that are just attacking this head on and not afraid to go face to face. Mm-hmm. And and it helps everybody in the end, like you were saying, it's about leadership and every single person out there who has their own biz is a leader or they wouldn't have their own biz. Right. So it's time to step it up and just uh, be that leader to your staff, to your franchises, to whoever it is, whoever your audience and your fans are. So definitely leadership is key. 
ready for change, push forward. Like you have to, or, or you're going to sink, you're going to die. Yeah. One step at a time. I, I just keep telling anybody I talk to, what's your next step? What's your next step? Don't, don't think too hard about what you're going to be doing six months from now. What's your next step? If you're going to get through a crisis one step at a time. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a thousand bullets of to do's on my page here, but yeah, it's just, yeah, one at a time. This one phone call, now I'll do the next <laughs> phone call, now the next conference call, now I'll do this report. Yeah, it, exactly. It's just, it might be repetitive and it's over and over again and it's 24 7, 365. But yeah, just break it down exactly like that for sure. One step, one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one one minute, one day. Um, yeah, hey yeah. guys, appreciate you both being here. Uh, John DeHart, uh, he is the chair of the Canadian Franchise Association. Uh, you can find, where can we find you, John? If someone's got a question for you, what's the easiest way to get a hold of you? You, you know what? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, but my, you can email me, john at hartify, H-A-R-T-I-F-Y.com. Happy to answer any questions. I'll also say if you search out the Canadian Franchise Association, we do three or four webinars a week. You don't have to be a member to join them. We've extended that invite to all business owners. So so go to their website. We have a whole page dedicated to getting through COVID-19. Um, appreciate you doing this. And if you can't find John there, you can find him running up Mount Robson probably next week. <laughs> yeah, come, come join me. <laughs> all through all 4,000 meters. Ryan, you're coming with me on my next run. <laughs> you're right. I'll, I'll drive you there and watch you. I'll, I'll be cheering. <laughs> have you, 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 that'll be the first time you ever see a dude sweat gravy. Uh, Ryan Smolkin appreciate you as always Uh, where can we find you at poutinery on Twitter and uh, if you don't follow Ryan on LinkedIn if you have a LinkedIn account it's a must follow uh, because of the work he's doing in and around his neighborhood so where can we find you on LinkedIn just uh, look up Smokes Poutinery and posting it all there and then follow me on I do my own on LinkedIn Get, uh, get in touch with me on LinkedIn too I post them there all the time but put it across all the platforms on uh on Instagram, so IG, Facebook. Like we're just blasting it on as many social platforms as we can just to reach out and just encourage people. To buy local. Hashtag support local. That's what we have to do. Uh, thanks to our friend uh, Ryan Samokin and Smokes Poutinery for making this happen. We appreciate it. Uh, order in tonight. I'll be there this afternoon, probably at about 5.30. You probably won't be there, but I'm going to get to see some poutine. I, what I have to try is the – I don't. do you still have the mac and cheese, by the way? The mac and cheese is there, yes, and you have multiple toppings on top of that. Oh so don't be afraid. Just, don't just worry. Lo- load it up. Don't worry. Load it up. Baby. I got the green light to come there tonight and grab some and bring it home because uh, we have no kids this evening. It's going to be the best. Um, and uh, thanks to our friends at Nobis, Nobis.com, premium outerwear, 100% of their online sales goes toward frontline healthcare workers, whether it's Red Cross COVID-19 Fund or the Canada COVID-19 Fund, 100% site-wide, 35 countries. Go to Novus.com, order a coat, order some scarves, get yourself some mittens, whatever it is you need to do for a great cause. Ed at Ed's Fine Imports, 10% of all site-wide sales go to Ronald McDonald House Charities, supporting uh, during this time with COVID-19. Again, Ed's Fine Imports, clothing for men and boys, site-wide sale, 10% off for an extra 10% going to Ronald McDonald House Charities, yet another good cause. Guys, appreciate you doing this. Uh, Thanks so much for your time, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be back on Thursday with another one, but appreciate your time, John. Thanks, Ryan. Rock on, guys. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Really awesome. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you soon. John, you gone?
You have a great one. He's already gone. Yeah. He bailed on us. He's Audi. Okay. Have a great one. Okay, bye. Have a great one, bud. We'll talk soon.